Hey guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio, but when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to MedterraCBD.com right now and enter discount code BigMXRadio15 and save 15% every time that you shop for the best CBD products in the world. Go check it out. And now they're available in Europe as well. Medterra CBD shipping to Europe. Go there today. Save 15% with Big MX Radio 15 Got to give a huge shout out to Sick Wicks Candles. Great company, great people. It's a it's a very small company where uh, it's like a, it's a, f- a father and his daughter who work this awesome soy based candle company. I know you guys probably have one eyebrow raised when I'm talking about candles, but these things are awesome. They make your house smell nice, make your uh, garage smell nice, your bedroom smell nice. Just don't tell me about it. But I am your host. Brad Gebhardt. I'm on every single one of these podcasts, mainly because I it, these things come literally out of my laptop. But with me on the line, we've got some very special guests, and I'll I'll introduce my favorite guy on the line, a friend who's actually a friend of mine, someone that I go way back with. We've been talking for the last 11 minutes, just a little bit more. I'm a way bigger fan of him than I am with the other guy that we're going to be talking to. He is. The one nine eight in your program, number one in your hearts. He's gotta be Chase Simone. Chase, how's it going? It's going good. It's going great, my friend. It's Sunday. Things are clicking. We're rolling into another week, and quickly approaching is the Triple Crown Series MX Series, where it kicks off in Calgary this weekend. Coming up, you yourself are on the East Coast. I, I don't know if you'll be at the first round in Calgary, but uh, we're having you on to discuss uh, racing in Calgary, or not racing in Calgary, but racing the Canadian National Series and some 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 exciting events we have going along with that. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing good. I actually, um, my wife and I just finished booking all my flights and kind of making everything a little more finalized and you know on a calendar and making sense pretty much awesome and uh Uh, i'm really excited to discuss the canadian series with you obviously with that uh, outdoor series kicking off there will be a lot more canadian content here on the big mx radio podcast and also with us on the line he leaves without a trace and he came here to get he came here tonight to get on your case. He's the crush grooving, the body moving, the record making, and the record breaking. He's Dave Drakes, and I'm a better rapper than he is. How's it going, Dave? <laughs> What's up, man? Literally, those intros are getting better and better, man. I'm like sitting here just flexing off of every little, like every little intro you do, man. I feel feel like a superstar right now. Well, there's a fumble on the play uh, with uh, Chase's introduction, but I'm going to fix that in post-production so it sounds like it never happened. Uh, and it's going to be absolutely seamless. No one will know that I paused for like a, uh, four or five seconds and I'm like, what the fuck's his name again? But either way, both of you guys are on the on the, the line here. We're talking motocross, we're talking Canadian motocross, and uh, 
Um, you guys know each other better than I know either one of you. So, um, Dave, maybe you can sort of spearhead this thing for me a little bit. Who the heck do we have on the line here with us? Uh, well, we've got one of my good buddies growing up, uh, Chase Simone. So, um, I met Chase years ago, man. I don't even think I was maybe 14 or 15. And, uh, we, there's this local indoor, uh, motocross, supercross track, however, however you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. And just everyone from maybe Northern New York, all the way up to like Maine and that whole Northeast region, a lot of people would kind of trickle in there during the week and weekends. And, um, you know, we just clicked from, you know, racing each other in the same B class, like with like youth B or something like that. And, um, everyone just hung out together, big friend group. And that's kind of how we, uh, started hanging out and uh, became really good friends and stuff. And, you know, our families are, are friends, dads are friends, stuff like that. A lot of the same friends from, uh, from races. So, um, yeah, I've known Chase for a quick minute, man, really good friend of mine and a uh, gnarly guy in a dirt bike. I will attest to that. This guy's got unbelievable talent. Unbelievable talent and uh, a good judge of character. If he's good buddies with you, man, uh, Chase, you've been uh, doing this for quite some time now, racing and uh, and dipping your toes into uh, racing some Canadian nationals this summer. How did that come about? What's that program like to put together? And obviously, coming from the uh, Connecticut, Massachusetts area, uh, it's a rather daunting task because I'm not too sure if you've checked out the map lately, but Canada happens to be a massive uh, country. And of course, you'll be flying into a lot of those rounds. But uh, how, did, how did this whole uh, uh, program start for you? Uh, so basically, I turned pro in America um, for AMA stuff and 13 and i just tried southwick national um that didn't go nearly as well as i would have liked super unprepared i didn't have tear offs uh that's a problem we forgot my goggles for for my lcq you should just like uh, look up john kuzo he always has everything on him (laughs) but anyway yeah so we we uh you know it it just didn't go as planned Mm -hmm. and then basically i i was kind of retired after that uh i had two dirt bikes stolen and that was kind of like the tipping point for me and then i I ended up taking like four or five years off and um and then i started riding a little bit and i just went and met up with some of my friends uh ryan dowd and uh alex adams and they're like dude we're going to canada and i was like oh when are you going and they said two weeks and i said you know what Let's try this thing. So okay. uh, I ended up buying, I, I bought a 450, um, rode it once. I got, got taken out by just some sea rider that thought he was in the right and he pulled over and while well, I was there <laughs> and uh, rode a bone stock bike at Deschambault last year. And that's kind of how I got into it. There you go. And, and uh, from there, you get bit by it. We can try and quit motocross all we want. It never really works all that well um, because we just love the sport so much. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm sure you've been racing for, for a long period of time, and I'm sure you've been uh, giving uh, Dave a nice look at your backside for quite some time as well. Uh, Dave, give me a little bit of an insight of uh, chasing uh, Chase around the, uh, the tracks and, uh, and having him uh, disappear off into the distance as you uh, try to navigate uh, the, the jumps, bumps, corners, and everything else that you struggle with. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much summed it up, man. Yeah, I spent a lot of time looking at his rear fender, dude. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Chase no, is really, 
he's really good at technical stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, still in the pause. Uh, but uh, yeah, Chase is really good at the technical stuff. He's, he does a lot of uh, off-roading, and he's super good in that right uh, as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, you know, he can really pick up some good lines, a lot of like more technical, uh, more gnarly tracks like Southwick and stuff like that. He's kind, he kind of aced through that pretty easily where guys like myself are struggling. So um, yeah, anytime you get a chance to watch him, he, he, it looks like he's not really trying that hard or going that fast, but kind of like a moose gun, you know what I mean, where he kind of just floats the bike a lot and, um, and, and, and rides it really efficiently, I'll say. So yeah, it's pretty frustrating riding with guys like that when you're just you're struggling, you're giving it 110 percent, and someone just like floats by you like la la la, you know, nothing, no biggie, not breaking in a sweat. So Chase is one of those riders. So you can I can definitely see a lot of guys this summer getting frustrated watching him just walk away like he's you know not even trying. No doubt, and, and with uh, quite a bit of time off the motorcycle, of course, it's like riding a bike. No pun, no pun intended. Um, things do start to come back. Um, Chase, how did you knock the rust off, and, and how did uh, coming back to like racing and uh, sort of like basically doing it full time turn itself into wanting to do Canadian nationals the entire way across? Like, how many nationals are you planning on doing, and uh, are you you be traveling with uh, with Ryan Dowd because that's kind of cool. Um. So. I am not traveling with him. Uh, I still have to work uh, Monday to Thursday. And then uh, I fly out to Massachusetts where my wife will be staying with um, our, my dirt bike and all that stuff. Fair enough. So then, then we're going to be driving from mass to, um, to the rounds and then sleeping in a tent. So I bought a sprinter van used off craigslist i thought i was getting this awesome thing it was gonna be set up sick for racing built it out drove it to florida it got stuck in limp mode um i dumped like two or three grand into the thing couldn't figure it out no mechanic around here could so i, I just sold that like last week on right on <laughs> so you're just tenting it. yeah so we're tenting it in a toyota tacoma toyota tacoma i ha- i've owned one of those comfy to sleep in at times. Um, so that being said, what are the uh, the aspirations for the season? Uh, how many events do you uh, do you plan on hitting? If 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 it's all of them, I think I believe there's eight rounds. Eight rounds. Uh, I as of right now, we're doing Gopher Sandali. Um, I don't the M1 Monkton. I don't know how you guys say Moncton. it. Moncton. And uh, Moncton. Yep. Dave Shambo and Walton. Okay, so, so the, those basically rounds. you're doing the Eastern Swing. Yeah, basically. I, I would like to do more, but I, I've i only been here for, in Florida, I just moved for like maybe three months. Oh, okay. So it's, it's kind of hard for me to tell my boss that just hired me. Yes. You know, hey, I'm, I'm going to be gone for a while. So. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, especially uh, when the when the reason is to go uh, goof off and race Canadian nationals. Um, so yeah, like you, you'll be basically your season starts. I believe it's the that would be the week after the fifteenth. So that kind of lands somewhere near like the June twenty twenty third for your uh, for your first round, um, and it should be exciting. You're a, a sand, I wouldn't say sand specialist, but you go fast in the sand. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Obviously, growing up uh, near Massachusetts, uh, of course, you'd mentioned earlier that you have raced uh, Southwick in the past. 
uh, and, and no, no, no stranger to uh, some deep sand tracks. But uh, do you feel like those are some of the tracks that will sort of play into your strengths? And uh, do you have any goals that you plan on hitting uh, throughout this this uh, Eastern Swing? Um, yeah. So I I I'm fairly tall, so I think that's what helps me a lot with the sand riding. Uh, and then I like. Dave mentioned before that I grew up racing woods and um, so like the more technical gnarly tracks are definitely better for me. And, and honestly, I like the longer really rough motos better than they'll hold it wide open and just lean back, you know, like early sand motos, but um, and then uh, for, I, I don't really know. I don't really have any crazy goals for racing all these, canadian races um i would like i mean really like type like top 15s somewhere in that ballpark would be fantastic for me oh yeah just because of the time off that i took yeah so i got like 27 ish yeah but i literally my first gate drop in five years no practice starts maybe i did one in qualifying Mm. and then that was the second time i used a whole shot device was during a canadian national Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah. So I have a little more practice under my belt now, and a little and, and a lot more training. So hopefully, you know, my goals are better. Absolutely. I'd, I'd be super pumped to get a number at the end of the year. Yeah, and I think you'll be able so. to do exactly that. Um, the thing about the Canadian Nationals is obviously there. Uh, there's a got a ton of top end talent, like having guys like. Uh, Matt Gerke in there. Uh, obviously, you're going to have Colton Fasciati, Cole Thompson, uh, and the rest of, the, of your uh, sort of um, Phil Nicoletti, who you've, you're probably, probably uh, somewhat familiar with uh, while racing down there. Um, those are your kind of like usual suspects. The thing is, is that like there's probably a heavy like eight, nine guys that travel the entire series, and then the rest are a lot of local guys and a lot of guys who like take things quasi serious. So. The fact that you're flying in, you're a guy who does well in the sand, and, and you're coming in with, uh, uh, a, 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 for the most part, a pretty serious attitude about, uh, uh, like, really putting down some cool, uh, some, uh, some good results and stuff like that, I would expect you to be uh, well inside the top 15 and, uh, like, nipping at the heels of guys like uh, um, Cheyenne Harmon, who I believe this year is national number 18. Uh, so if you can position yourself doing something similar to that, then, uh, yeah, you put yourself in a really good position. Um, Dave, of course, uh, this the, the tie-in to all of this is the fact that uh, uh, in addition to taking on the Eastern rounds of the, uh, of the Canadian Nationals, uh, there's also an internship program uh, to be had while uh, if someone would like to uh, take part in that. So maybe you can, you know the details on that a little bit better than I do. So maybe walk us through that and maybe what someone would be signing themselves up for and uh, spending the, the weekend with, uh, with with young Chase here. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're really excited to roll this out to our Canadian fans. I mean, anyone who's a listener of Big MX Radio knows that I'm a huge Canadian MX fan, probably to a fault. Yes. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that I could that we could bring something the collective experience related to the Canadian fans and give them you know what we do best, which is unforgettable all access experiences. So we're bringing the the uh, internship program to the Canadian uh, Nationals through Chase and and uh, and his program that he has going. So Canadian fans can sign up at the collectivexp.com and fill out the forms and apply to 
to be Chase's intern. Now, this gives you complete access to him throughout the day. You're going to be his mechanic, his go-getter, his extra pair of hands, his mental support. I mean, you're there for the guy all day long, whatever he needs. And this is great for the everyday fan who just wants to experience the race at a different level or people looking to get into the industry, which is something that we really specialize in. And we've had people go on and do incredible things through our internship program, like work for Feld Entertainment, the owners of Supercross, uh, work for people like the W, um, which is an elite training facility for a lot of top Supercross and pro motocross racers. Uh, People go on to work for different brands, work for riders as mechanics. So this program does work. Um, And we want to make sure that we get as many passionate fans signed up and hooked up to this program. And it's great working with somebody like Chase because Chase is really great at explaining uh, what he needs throughout the day. Um, You know, really good about immersing people around him and making them feel really comfortable um, and, you know, making sure that everybody feels that they're getting something out of the uh, the program. Chase is also uh, super happy for the extra help since, you know, a lot of these privateer guys don't have as, uh, as much support, whether that be, um, you know, mechanic support or somebody to help them run a pit board or whatever it is throughout the day. So um, it's sort of a win-win and uh, we want to make sure that a lot of the proceeds that we do raise go back towards Chase to help keep him racing every single weekend. It's just a great way for Canadian fans to feel the love, to feel like they can have a program that sets them up for success in the industry and that gets them fully immersed in what I think is probably one of the cooler series uh, on the planet. So I'm really excited for it, and hopefully we can uh, knock this one out, get a lot of entries, get a lot of fans signed up, and really uh, really do something good. Absolutely. And, and uh, Chase, you got to be excited about this. Uh, any type of extra support you can have at a Canadian National is extremely uh, beneficial to you. Obviously, uh, as I've said on this podcast numerous times, anytime that uh, like a, a pro-level rider can completely just focus on the, the task of going fast on his motorcycle, that's when they can make extremely special things happen on two wheels. They can just focus on uh, their breaking points and, and where they need to drop their lap times and stuff like that. That's what's, that's what's going to allow you to get the results you want and as well as you're giving someone a great opportunity to get their feet wet within the sport of motocross. They can see what it's all about. Give them an experience like they've never had before, which is basically the collective experience is all about. And uh, I know you're excited to uh, meet some new people and, uh, and also have an extra helping hand. Yeah, for sure. Um, my wife... Uh, would really appreciate it as hot, well because she it's what is smoking um, <laughs> hot by the way. well thanks but uh <laughs> she she couldn't like we had issues where she was trying to push the bike to the gate so i could go and pack it beforehand and then it's just there's a lot of people around and she's not just not strong enough uh fair enough you know so even stuff like that would be huge if even if they're not that mechanically inclined, at least just to hold the bike, maybe do the pit board, you know, anything along those lines, or more if they're comfortable, you know. Totally, absolutely, yeah. Like, like uh, I helped out Cheyenne Harmon last year uh, at the uh, the Minnedosa round, and uh, um, I'm I'm Mister Grips and Graphics guy. My, my bike looks as great as it does because I literally clean it like within an hour of riding it. 
Uh, it's always super polished and nice. Uh, it's usually not running super great. My sag isn't set properly, and um, I don't know why it doesn't uh, handle properly, and I, I don't care to really uh, play with it too much. I'm not nearly as mechanically inclined as I should be, but uh, I was able to help him out. I was able to wash his bike for him, make sure that he had fresh this and fresh that. Like you said, pack the gate. Uh, uh, I, I wore a pair of my uh, my blunt stones, which are similar to work boots, so I could pack the gate properly for him, and uh, the guy got himself a top 10. So that was pretty exciting, and I'm excited that uh, that you guys will be able to uh, just like have that extra support at the tracks, uh, so maybe uh, your wife can just worry about uh, calming your nerves a little bit and uh, and and just taking care of you and whatnot and uh, and yeah you get the opportunity to uh, to give someone an extra special experience because uh, whether you're uh, battling for podiums in Canadian nationals or uh, hoping to do a career best uh, a lot of these fans that have never been this close to a pro rider or someone of your cat capabilities they're just happy to be there they're happy to be a part of that program and what the the collecting experience does is it gives you that extra special behind the clerk curtain look at uh, basically how the sausage is made which uh, is can be uh, like a uh, an eye-opening experience on both ends both positive and negative you just see how how hard you guys work and, and the fact that you're, you're having to go out there and compete against guys that are staying at, at, uh, at the Holiday Inn having a continental breakfast meanwhile you're shaking the cobwebs out uh, at a, of a uh, Toyota Tacoma so uh, it, it's not totally an even playing field out there you're a total warrior for doing it but uh, I'm really excited to see how this all breaks down now Dave like walk me through this I'm basically illiterate to but literally but um, like so break this down through me how do I go through uh, the the like basically applying to become an intern uh, where do I go when I get there how do I fill out the paperwork what is it gonna cost me and um, and and yeah so just sort of like walk me through the process so that people can go online right now they can try they can uh, apply to become an intern for chase at one of these select rounds and uh, and make something special happen no worries. It's super simple. So all you have to do is go to the collectivexp.com, click on experiences, and on there you'll see the 2019 Canadian uh, National MX Internship Program. Um, I think I'm going to update that tonight so it's going to be a picture of Chase so that people can, uh, can differentiate between our other programs. And all you have to do is click download, add that to your cart, and once you once – you uh, do that, uh, you'll get the forms and you just fill those out. A lot of people have been scanning those back, which is easiest, or just flat out take a picture of them and email that back to us at uh, contact at the collectivexp.com, our email address. That way we can uh, have everything on file. Chase and I will uh, sort of compile all of the uh, applications that we get, all those forms, and uh, you know figure out who is going to be the the top person that we can pick. And generally, I tell everybody um, this is an, an internship where you're you know you're traveling with Chase every single weekend. This is uh, an internship where we need a new person every single weekend. And ideally, we'd love to pick people from that general area that the track is at to make it um, very cost effective for the interns, very low stress. So they don't have to worry about usually lodging and how am I going to afford a flight? Um, we want to make sure that we pick everybody from as close as possible to their home track so that we can make that, that less of a burden on them. Um, and yeah, from there, it, it, it's super simple. We've had people send in some resumes uh, attached with the forms or video submission to really sell us on themselves. Um, and we just go through, pick out the best ones and boom, we make an announcement um, on usually Facebook Live or through a Facebook post, uh, or sorry, uh, Instagram Live or Instagram post um, to notify everybody and let everyone know what we're doing 
for each weekend. So very, very simple. Just go to thecollectivexp.com, download the form, sign them, send them back in to contact at thecollectivexp.com, add in any other material that you think would entice us to pick you, and boom, you're done. Um, again, all the proceeds that we are raising are going to go to make sure that we keep this program going, that we keep Chase going. Um, so rest assured, it's not just sitting there lining my pockets, which, hey, if it happens, cool. Um, but we, our, the main pro- purpose of this program is to make sure we support the sport, support our privateers, and get fans as engaged as possible. So, so if anyone has any questions, please feel free to DM us uh, at the Collective EX on Instagram. Um, use that same email contact at the collective xp.com to ask us questions if you get confused about what you're what you're doing with the application and where to send it in we'd be more than happy to help you absolutely there it is that's the that's not i think the cole's notes that's the full rundown and uh chase i know you got to be excited about this man what's the what's the uh the preparation going to be looking like you've got about a month before uh, your first gate drop at uh, Gopher Dunes. Um, so, like, you just going to be pounding sand motos in addition to, uh, of course, uh, you do some uh, some pretty special welding on the side. Like, what, what's the program going to be looking like? Obviously, you're going to be working Monday to Friday, and then uh, once you put your welding torch down, uh, what's the progress, or what's the program going to be looking like so that uh, you can hang in there for, uh, for th- I believe, the Canadian National Moto 25 plus 2, 20 plus 2? Twenty-five. Either way, uh, I think the the lights class is like twenty, and then the four fifty is like thirty or close okay, to thirty. So, so somewhere in that ballpark. Um, but I I try to uh, train for much longer than that, so then it's it's not as bad. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but like I went to Florida Tracks and Trails uh, Saturday. It was. And it it was a little packed out in the moto track, so I ended up going and just basically pounding a bunch of sand motos in uh in the woods. And you know, any bit of practice is good practice on a bike. It's all bike skills, so totally. I just it's like riding time. and and trying to keep it fun. So I do that. Uh, pretty much sweat at work all day. Get out maybe go running or something like that too or cycling and uh get ready to fly and then drive a ridiculous amount there you go like uh we we do a lot of sacrificing for the sport of motocross what's your favorite way to uh to get a workout in if you're not obviously we always want to be on the motorcycle but if we can't be on the motorcycle what time what's your favorite way to sweat honestly i like cycling because it's fun but running by far is better for your cardio and your legs and all that stuff, which is actually new to me. I've never really been a runner. Um, I hate it. It sucks and suffering sucks, but it's, it gets better, I guess. And, uh, the more I do it, the more gains I'm like feeling from it as I'm riding as well. So getting those running gains, uh, and, and this yeah. is all leading up to your first round, which will be, which we get go for dunes, correct? Uh, yeah, go for dunes. And I have July 13th for that, but okay, Maybe it's just written on a scrap piece of paper. So that could be wrong. That could be, no, nah, I think that's probably <laughs> along uh, the right lines. I could be completely out to lunch. I, uh, to be honest, hadn't done my, uh, my full, uh, research on that. I, I was, uh, I thought that maybe you were doing more of the Western rounds as well. And, uh, that being said, I think with like, 
There's a, a, a slight possibility we might be able to get you out for, because uh, um, you're on a Yamaha, correct? Yes. Yeah, I'm on a, it's actually a 18 Yamaha 450. Okay. And I haven't ridden it in maybe three months. It's been a part. And uh, I've been riding my 250F the whole time. So hopefully I can get that back together and, you know, ride a little, ride a 450 for a little bit before I actually head out. But I don't have uh, anyone helping me with suspension. So I have one set of suspension and it's nothing fancy and it has a ridiculous amount of hours on it. Right. So I I need to get some service done. Yeah, it's, it's bad. But yeah, that's that's the way it goes. So that, that's, that's privateer life, man. That, that's <laughs> like that. That's basically uh, that's part of the uh, that's what you sign yourself up for, man. That that's uh, um, coming coming up through. Uh, you're gonna be faced with some serious adversity, but you're not shying away from it. And that's really cool. And uh, so yeah, like the like Gover Dunes. You're exactly right. Is is almost a full month after the minute. It's the fourth round of the series. It's almost a full month after uh, Minnedosa, which is in, in Manitoba, which is the closest one for me. Um, I'm not too sure what your schedule is for that particular weekend, but if uh, if I can find a, uh, a Yamaha, do you think you can fly out for that? Uh, most likely, yeah. I mean, that would be fantastic. Fair enough. And, well, let's uh, see what we can do. Uh, I know the, the I, boys at FXR are local, and I know they all, a, 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 bunch, a bunch of them ride Yamahas, so I know, like, Dave, you know what I'm thinking. If we talk to some people, maybe talk to Andy White. Uh, he's already hooking uh, uh, Chase up here with gear and whatnot. Uh, might be uh, might be a cool opportunity to have someone riding uh, uh, an FXR uh, Yamaha in, in their backyard. Of course, uh, FXR's uh, uh, headquarters being not even two hours from Minidosa's uh, raceway. So uh, maybe we look into that. No no promises uh, off the hop right now, but uh, just sort of noodling with some ideas. That might be something to uh, to strive for. Um, so yeah, like, uh, like let's talk a little bit about... Um, so you, you'd be down for that if we could make that happen, right, uh, Chase? Hey, I'd be down to ride any bike anywhere. I'll ride a 125. Like, I don't even care. Fair enough. Well, so, uh, I, Dave, you said you were going to come to Minidosa. Why don't you just bring that beautiful Kawasaki of yours and loan it to uh, Chase for the weekend? I got to put some hours in that thing first, man. That thing hasn't even broken in properly. So, um, hey, man. Color me surprised Chase, on that, by the way. Sure. <laughs> yeah, dude, you know I haven't been home in, like, forever. But, uh, no. uh, yeah, man, I, I, if, we can, if we can help out Chase in any way with that, man, 100%. You know, I'm an ethics star guy through and through, so – um, if I can, uh, you know, maybe smile at Andy a little bit, see if we can, we can get some bikes lined up for him and then, uh, we should definitely do it. You know, I, I don't think anything was cooler than an FXR, you know, graphic out bike. So, uh, we should be, we should be able to make it happen. You are too much. I think, you, I think you can agree. I, I, I think, think you, you can agree with that. Yeah. Too, yeah. Good, uh, good yeah. one. Graphics is really good. Uh, they do a beautiful job. Um, yeah, they they do they do fantastic. And actually, uh, if you're if you're looking for someone to help you out with uh, suspension, maybe FXR is sort of your way to go, Chase, as they have uh, factory ride suspension that uh, my good friend James Kreutz, uh works. So the, there's maybe some connections we can make here on the phone. Um, it's a small a small world motocross, as you, uh, don't you know? But uh, so rolling into uh, like we're, you're you're about like 
seven we about seven weeks or six weeks away from uh, your for for sure your first round in uh, in Go for Dunes. Um, like obviously, you want to put your best foot forward. Uh, race riding the, the the 450 would definitely put you in the best position to do something special once that comes around. But uh, like obviously, um, like racing a few Canadian nationals, you're pretty excited coming into the season. Yes, no? Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Uh, my favorite part about going to Canada is like how laid back the nationals are. Oh yeah, and like from the morning, you're you're not stressed out. You don't, it feels like a local race. And then after qualifying, you know, the fans start rolling in and then you, you're like, Hey, like this is the real deal. Oh yeah. You know, they're on the side of the track cheering and they don't necessarily know who you are or they even care. And they're just pumped to cheer for anyone. Make it look easier than they'd make it look. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, and I, I would like to do, Southwick national if possible, but I mean, dealing with the AMA is like pulling teeth mm. and the people in Canada, they make it super easy and actually answer your emails. And it's just, to me, it's the way to go. But yeah, no, they, they make it really you, they, easy to race a national. I think the, like the, the, the biggest, the first step is showing up and then they let you race it. So, um, that's, uh, yeah, not too many hoops to jump through there. Canadian Nationals are, like you said, a super laid-back atmosphere, and uh, we're happy to have you, my friend. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I wish we could come sooner, to be honest. All right, hey, well, like I, we I don't said, really we like were, waiting. We uh, we might be able to make that happen. No promises, of course. But, uh, uh, Chase, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I'm really excited to uh, to hear more about you. And I think we're going to, uh, after each round that you race, I think we're going to have you back on the podcast to sort of talk about how the race went for you and uh, sort of talk a little bit about um, the intern that you had. And maybe maybe we can even have one of the interns on to sort of talk about uh, some of the, the, the things that you had them do, like cleaning air filters or uh, or maybe just cleaning out the inside of your truck. Heck, if you're sleeping in it for a couple of days, it's probably in disrepair. Um, but this has been awesome. I know you got a ton of great sponsors that you'd like, like to thank, uh, and of course your wife as well, for putting up with all of your BS. So uh, I'll give you some uh, give you the floor now. To thank your sponsors for you, my friend. Yeah, and like you said, 100%. My wife is helping me more than anyone can even imagine. And uh, I met her before I even, or she is just now seeing me start racing. So it's it's kind of cool that she's all for it. That's really but, cool. My um, chick saw me ride for the first time yesterday, so that was pretty neat. <laughs> she's still around now. Yeah, oh yeah, she was nervous as all heck because my first ride of the year, I dislocated her shoulder, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, she gets super scared, but, and uh, that also with the intern, that gives her a little more breathing room just to watch and relax, not stress about doing other stuff and making sure I have water and all that, but um, I would really like to thank uh, Motorsport Nation and STS uh, Graphics and uh, FXR and pro taper the collective experience and uh oh flow vision goggles how could i forget that um they helped me out a ton i'm not going to be missing any tear offs for my any go. of my races I, yep. I just got a huge box in of them so super great um and that that's really all the help i have right now 
That's really cool, man. Well, uh, that's a growing list, and I'm sure it will continue to grow as your season goes on. Uh, I really appreciate you making some time for us today, and uh, yeah, like we'll we'll uh, we'll cut it off uh, right around there, man. But I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and giving us the full rundown, and uh, we'll talk to you again sometime. For sure, thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. Don't hang up just yet. But for podcast sake, we're going to throw it to commercial break right now. Hey, Big MX listeners, thanks for listening to this episode. Check out these commercials, support our sponsors, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks for listening. Hey, Big MX listeners, let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you got to check them out. They're motocross, dedicated, and uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. they got that wood wick that sounds awesome. It pops and crackles just like a real fire. And uh, it's going to make your garage smell better. It's going to make your living room smell better. And if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're going to love these candles, and you can find them at sickwicks.com. Head there right now. Enjoy them, and you're going to love them. Absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past, we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality Purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Medterra CBD, our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Castor 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima Racing Oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming, and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateer's racing program throughout the day. I'm talking pre-race strategy filming practice session, sessions, talking about the racetrack, meeting the riders, getting cool swag, getting to hang out with guys like Dave Drakes, getting to hang out with guys like me at the track. It's an awesome 
program and the money goes right back to the privateers. You're actually supporting their racing program and you get a really cool experience. Check it out, Google. The collective experience, first thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program, you can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can like Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, the Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there. Great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience. A proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio Podcast. What's up, Big MX Radio listeners? I can't thank you enough for listening to this episode of the Big MX Radio Podcast. It means so much to me that you guys would take time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Hopefully you're entertained. Hopefully you guys find some information that you didn't already get from another podcast. And uh, if you guys have any requests whatsoever on content you'd like to see on the Big MX Radio Podcast, please send me either a direct message on Instagram. If you're not already following, I hope you do. It's bradgebhart88 on Instagram. And you can also find me via email, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Hit me up in the DMs. And uh, thank you again for listening to these uh, really important commercials. Uh, We do our best to uh, plug our sponsors. And I hope that you guys support our sponsors like Medterra CBD as well as uh, Maxima Racing Oils and uh, Fly Racing is coming on soon and uh, really looking forward to that. So thanks again for listening to the Big MX Radio podcast. Garrett, Dale, all all my good friends that are listening, I really appreciate you guys uh, making the time to listen to the podcast and uh, thanks again and uh, let's get back to the show. And we're back, Big MX Radio podcast. We are down one person on the line, but we still have Dave Drakes, and here we are to talk about after two rounds of the Lucas Oil Promo Across AMA Nationals. Uh, we wanted I know last week everyone's like, "Where's the podcast? Where are we reviewing Hangtown?" Here's where I stand on that, Dave, and I think maybe you might connect with this. Every year we come on and we talk about the first round, and after every single one of the results, it's such a small sample size. We have we'll, like we we attach every single one of these things with oh time will tell we'll find out in a week's time if this is legit or if this is for real blah 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 blah, blah. that's not real analysis that's just sort of like talking about what res- like basically the storyline of the race and that's not what I'm all about I actually want to sort of break these results down tell people what we saw and I think what we saw after the first two rounds is a little bit more concrete evidence uh, of, of what's going to be more indicative of what we see all season long and that's also a great excuse as to why we didn't do a podcast last week so um, I'm really excited to uh, to crack this thing wide open Hangtown's in the rear view mirror so is uh, is Paula and I think if you ask most of the guys who race in the series both 250s and 450s they're happy to be headed east as for just about every round other than uh, Washougal, of course, that's got some nice soil as well. Uh, not all the riders loving. Um, they, they probably ride Paula a lot, but they don't love the soil there. I know I've ridden there. Wasn't a huge fan myself, but uh, uh, you watched it on TV, as did I. Uh, I think I watched both motos a couple of times already, actually, just because they were so damn good, especially those first motos. Good Lord. But uh, what were your thoughts on the first uh, on on uh, on Palo this last weekend, where uh, in the 250 class, Adam C and Sorolo, uh, uh, a friend of the show and uh, definitely a fan favorite, stood on top of the box. Well, first off, just being a fan for the weekend and like you know watching it from home, um, I want to say that this track looked like so much freaking fun, man. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about the the. 
the soil type and how it got slick in some spots, a little dry in others, and, you know, it would tack up a little bit here or there, kind of making it a little bit uh, a bit more technical. But the actual layout looked like so much fun, the uphills, the downhills, the tables, the, you know, the scrub singles, um, that little staircase up the hill before that right-hander. Um, just looked like a blast to ride, man. We saw a lot of riders getting pretty, uh, pretty stylish over a lot of these jumps, so it just made for a really visually – appealing track so um just like just like what you said um this is probably one of the first years that we've seen the first season opener kind of show how this the whole season or at least the the following weekend is going to cascade so ac took it home the first one with the overall this weekend same deal the guy looks awesome i know you and i talked about um after vegas you know is that that uh that crash that cost him a championship is that going to rattle him is he going to be there mentally um you know what, what's going to happen to his program from here on out and it looks like he used that in a proper way and just dug deep and said you know what i'm going to use it as fuel to to get my ass in gear and make sure that i do not let these guys get me on this outdoor title and it's working because he looks like he's a, a super smooth rider his starts are better and he's not letting these guys pressure him so um hats off to ac um it's really cool when we switch over to the 450 side to see the, the usual suspects, you know, we didn't expect to see Roxon come out swinging at round one, but um, man, he did. And he was sure there for Paula too. Um, super, super cool to see him up front and just, you know, Kenny's a fan favorite, man. He's the underdog, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of guys want to see that guy come out and just, you know, get some wins, uh, kind of assert himself as like, you know, one of the class leaders right now. Um, you know, following the Supercross campaign, he seemed to kind of dwindle out a little bit towards the end. So it's really nice to see him up front battling with guys like Mooskin, battling guys like Tomac, this, you know, the the, uh, the reigning champion of the outdoor series, um, and just, you know, just put, every, put, put everyone on notice. So really good to see that. Of course, we can't talk about Powell without talking about how dominant Eli looked. Um, the guy looks so, so He dropped good. the hammer um, with four minutes he, to go in the, in the second moto, the first did. moto. He did. I mean, knocked off some pe- some uh, some serious passive. And to be honest with you, I thought Muskin kind of had this sewn up. The guy looked so smooth, so fluid, um, typical Muskin fashion, jumping through the track, riding super efficiently, being super yeah. smooth on, on, like the, on the, uh, the hard pack stuff. Yeah, I mean, the guy, he, he looks so good at this track. And to see Eli catch and pass him and take out, you know, for, for the overall – it was just, you know, how fast is Eli? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's hard to comprehend. So really great to see that. Um, and, I, you know, you and I went back and forth about this in a text message. Really loved how Jason Anderson is up there. Now, he's not, yeah, he's not trying five. for wins. He's not, set, he's not setting the road on fire with, um, you know, blazing speed and qualifying. He's not, he's not dicing it up with Roxanne and Tomac. But to see a, a Supercross, a past Supercross champion who got hurt halfway through this season and hasn't really shown his face much in 2019, I, it's, it was such a shock to see him come out and get a podium at round one and to still be top four, top five, and showing these guys a wheel here and there uh, at Paula. That, that surprised the crap out of me, man. So I just want to give him a shout-out on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this is making me even more excited for what we what's in store down the road, man. I, I'm really excited to see how this season turns out. Um, we've got a handful of the guys who could be a, a top three threat, man. I mean, realistically, 10 guys in the 450 class that could do this, maybe, you know, 12, 13, 14 guys in the 250 class that can do this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pumped, man. I am so happy to be a fan in 2019. The eternal optimist, his name is 
Dave Drakes. I'm not too sure if we have 10 guys in the 450 class uh, that can can mix it up. Although, Because when you start to look at the separation, there definitely steps, seems to be a Miranda line of where the, uh, the, the pretenders and the contenders are. But uh, I think you're totally right. Uh, in our text exchange, I, uh, I like you were you're like, oh, Jason Anderson, look, look at him go. To me, Jason Anderson has always had world class speed. Even outdoors, sometimes he's able to 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 throw in lap times that are, are right up there. He is an elite in the sport. I'm not entirely sure if he has elite um, stamina and drive and that uh, just like that. Uh, raw uh, aggression that it needs to uh, to be a champion outdoors, but he will be a threat this year, and he, he seems to have uh, caught his stride as far as speed goes, um, racing and being part of that uh, lead group, and definitely separating himself from uh, the rest of the pack, and actually a little bit puzzling uh, over the first few rounds, uh, and maybe some things change a little bit, but Cooper Webb with a six-six, nothing really to to sneeze at, but uh, I think your Supercross champ uh, probably wishing it was a little bit closer and part of the fight. But uh, the whole story of the 450 class has got to be Eli Tomac um, coming from fourth place with about four minutes to go in the third uh, in the first moto. Uh, he passes uh, Ken Roxon, who led the majority of that race. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, like, he just basically put the hammer down and, and ended up, uh, by the end of the race, it was almost like he was just running away with it. It's it one of those things where if you only watched the last, uh, the, the tiniest bit of it, you would have thought that, uh, Eli Tomac basically led the whole thing. But, uh, he was able to, uh, snatch the win away from Kenny, which, uh, uh, they, they him and Marvin swap out motos. Of course, Marvin gets the nod, uh, for the better, result in the second moto but uh yeah a great weekend of racing uh in in pala and uh the track looked pretty interesting it was wide it was rough and it got dry at the end i don't think they ripped it as deep as uh they have in the past which created a lot of square edge bumps and stuff like that so uh um it was made for some interesting racing uh and some results that leave a little bit uh some head scratching out there uh obviously um like you saw Eli Tomac uh, leap to the front of the the, the pack, but uh, surprised to see Cole Seeley as far off the pace as he was um, with the fact that uh, out, he gets 10th overall, but uh, 11-8, um, just uh, not what you expect from a factory Honda uh, pilot. Yeah, definitely not, man. Uh, you, know, you know, I think it was through text messages where you and I go back and forth about Seeley a lot, man. I mean, he's, yeah. he's extremely talented. Um, very, very smooth rider, like more of a, um, more of a SX specialist, I'd say in that regard, but still a factory guy, you imagine he'd be, you know, fighting where Anderson's fighting or, you know, top six or top four or podium threat, especially for riding for, you know, factory Honda HRC, man, that's, you know, one of the elite teams, um, if, if you will. So yeah, it's a little, it's a little disappointing to see that man, you know, especially like you said, somebody who is just that good on a motorcycle that you know is capable of doing so much so um yeah a little little bit surprised may, might take some time for him to kind of kick it in the, in the outdoor gear you know a lot of these guys train so hard for supercross and that's their, their main focus so that you know when they have a week break or two weeks to train for outdoors you know they take some time to switch modes so you know mm-hmm. we, we might be able to see him um maybe make you know little flashes of brilliance here and there and get his stuff together but it might be one of those slow burners where it takes a little bit of time from the wake up and realize he's on an outdoor track. So we'll see how it plays out, man. You know, it's a bummer seeing a guy 
on such a prolific team riding in results where most fast privateers are usually. Absolutely. Totally agree. Let's talk 250s for a second here. Um, uh, obviously, Adam with the win. But let's talk about that first moto. Uh, at at one point, with about about fifteen, uh, about halfway through the moto, RJ Hampshire was uh, in about seventh spot behind Adam Cianzarillo, behind Chase Sexton, behind Colt Nichols, and uh, and and Justin Cooper. Uh, he's 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 way back there, and uh, he puts the hammer down, and uh, he basically led the charge up to uh, where Cooper was. Cooper was leading a lot of those laps, uh, and he ended up getting the moto uh, moto victory. But things really tightened up over the last three laps. There, I, I couldn't believe how close things got as far as uh, like the uh, just like how tight that got bunched in the in the closing stages of that moto, and uh, I. I just for like as a, from a speed standpoint, I was surprised to see how, how fast uh, R.J. Hampshire was able to get up there. Of course, both him and his teammate uh, Hunter Lawrence both had second place in a moto on the weekend, but uh, they both uh, didn't score mo- uh, points in the other moto, which is a huge uh, detriment to obviously the results for the day, but also uh, kind of takes you out of the championship hunt when uh, the rest of the contenders are up and uh, and firing at the front of the class. One of the things that I talked about uh, in our preseason podcast was the fact that the start is going to be very, very important for these guys. That's proven to be true so far, uh, especially with the fact that you got so much talent at the front of the at the front of the pack. These these guys are being split by hairs, and uh, it, whether you get a whole shot, um, at, like you could literally be uh, like six or seven spots away from uh, one of your closest competitors. Guys like uh, Colt Nichols are filing their way through. Uh, I think Alex Martin has had a hard time fi- uh, finding his way to the front of the pack as well. Um, there's just so much talent in the 250 class. Like you're going all the way back. Like um, in the in in the middle of your uh, like your 12, 13, 14. You're, you're talking about guys like Shane McElrath, Derek Derek Drake, um, uh, Martin Davos, Tyler Masterpool. Like that's not usually where you see those names popping up, and uh, it just speaks to the speaks volumes to the amount of talent we have in there. Oh, I couldn't agree more, man. I mean, it's it's such a deep pool, and we talked about it, um, I think it was a couple shows ago, just how many factory 250 guys there are that are fighting for these spots. I mean, um, the, the, the names, they're, they're, they seem like they're endless almost, you know? Once yeah. you mention one guy, you have to mention this next guy, and, um, and every different, you know, every different color bike, which is, on another point, uh, you know, it's when they went to commercial break and they kind of showed you the leaderboard. It was one of the first times where we've had, um, you know, just about every color bike in the top five before commercial break. You know what I mean? It's it's really rare that we see that typically. So uh, there was a few times when we saw that in both in both classes, which I think, you know, spells out a, good, a recipe for some really good, close, you know, uh, exciting racing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this past weekend, I think it really highlighted that. You know, we've had we had. Uh, with a four or five way battle for podium pretty much um just about every race so um really exciting to see man it, that that really sparked the inner fan and uh and it, it said a lot for the for the future of the sport and, and what we can expect in the you know coming weeks and possibly coming seasons for sure you're gonna throw down the gauntlet uh 100 here um what would you make of uh, of Hunter Lawrence's day? Obviously, he he gets together with Jordan Smith, who's had about a, as bad of a start to a season as you can have. Um, 
for for anyone. He's gone down in almost every moto he's been in so far. I think the wrist um, may be an issue, but honestly, it's just like a, a bunch of bad luck. Like the way him and uh, and Hunter come together at the exit of that one corner, not really either one of them's fault, but they, it results in uh, a pretty nasty get off uh, and and. Uh, and uh, and Jordan having to move to the front, um, yeah, like like Hunter, his bike uh, basically let go. He didn't be able to finish the first moto. Comes back fresh as a daisy in the second moto. Leads some laps, uh, charging forward. Uh, like he said, Godly. I actually I, I noticed in his riding, he started to be very loose. He was very flowing with the track, and all of a sudden. Loses that front end and uh, relinquishes that, that top spot. Still ends up with second in a moto, but you know that kid's got to be frustrated knowing that uh, the first weekend, things didn't go that great. He gets a foot peg in the ass uh, in the first moto at, uh, at Hangtown, which, like, I don't know how you race the next moto like that. And then, uh, and then obviously, uh, a DNF. Followed by a second place, which should have been a win. Uh, like, although he get, like it's his first podium in a moto, only four motos into his Canadian, uh, Canadian American uh, uh, tour here. But uh, you got to be a frustrated uh, Hunter Lawrence. At least you know the speed is there, but the results haven't been. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, we started talking about this kid. I think following the nation last year, Redbud, when there's right. this, you know sprightly young dude on a on a 250f you know making all these 450 guys like work for it you know super super fast um just great talent a lot of people were you know saying his name before a lot of people realized who this guy was and um i think this weekend he could take back as a as a win yeah you know it sucked to get together with smith at the dean at the first moto yeah he took the front but i mean the guy led uh good portion of the race against some really heavy hitters man against supercross winners pat you know he he was being the the uh past supercross champion i mean the guy was throwing down some laps looked every bit as good as cian cerullo if not better in some sections so he's got the pieces to the puzzle i think which is half the battle now it's just putting those pieces together to get the whole picture um i think it's I think it's definitely going to come. The guy is definitely going to get a moto win. I think it's just a matter of the the consistency, which is the name of the game in this class. He said it time and time again, especially for rookies, especially for guys who are you know um, coming over from Europe or from wherever, getting used to our tracks, getting used to our pace, our soil, X Y Z. Um, I really think it's going to take some time for him to kind of put the potion together, but it's definitely going to happen. Similar to what we. He's got the speed. He's going to get a win, going to get an overall eventually, and, you know, ended up happening. So um, I definitely, definitely think that, that Hunter Lawrence can take this as a, hey, you know what, we're moving in the right direction. We've, we've had a little bit of bad luck, but with some good starts, some solid riding, some, some consistency, we can sort of, you know, put our name back in, back in the hat of this thing and, and start asserting ourselves as, you know, class leaders potentially. I mean, if you get a good weekend and some solid momentum behind Hunter Lawrence and then have an RJ Hampshire right there, that can easily be a one and two team. And I think we saw a little bit of that this weekend. So um, Geico, yeah, they, they're, uh, they're a little bit behind the eight ball with a few things, but at least they know they've got the talent to, uh, to get the job done and get some wins. Yeah, no, like I said, there's way too much talent in this 250 class. Uh, there's like a bunch of guys that will be champing at the bit to uh, to get moto wins and uh, and to impress uh, the factories and and 
Uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, are going to be disappointed every single time they roll away from the races. Like you, you're talking about factory guys. Like there's, you look at the results and you're like, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of fast guys out there. And then you scroll down and you there's there's like, outside the top 20, you've got guys that are sitting on factory motorcycles. Guys like Kyle Peters. Obviously, Jordan Smith has had his uh, mishaps and stuff like that. But like Jordan Bailey, that guy's got to be frustrated. He needs to get the, his work down. Same thing with Thomas Covington. Uh, I, I don't know what's uh, what's eating Big Air. Tom obviously had a much better performance in uh, the first moto with the 11th, but he's he, he needs to get his homework done. Um, there's a ton of guys who uh, have some great, great support and... Uh, um, like as, as of right now, haven't put in the rise that they're looking for, but, uh, that, that in itself, they have the talent to get to the front. It's all about the start and seeing what they can make happen. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, when, uh, Garrett Marchbanks might uh, catch fire. I know he was fast last year in Colorado until I believe that's the round where he ended, ended up uh, injuring his knee. He looked fast up until then. Um, but yeah, like there's, like I said, 250 class. There are so many guys that can just absolutely fly. So, uh, um, yeah, like it, time will tell. But uh, so far, we've got ourselves a great championship on our hands. Uh, a couple of guys that can win motos. And Adam Cincerolo, prior to this uh, this series, had won one outdoor national. Now he's got two to his credit, rolling into Colorado with a little bit of a points lead. Got himself uh, the, uh, uh, the red plate. And uh, some pretty nice looking uh, retro fox gear. Not uh, wasn't so bad, huh? Man, I didn't think I would have really dig it when I heard they were coming out with some retro stuff. But uh, yeah, it looked good. I mean, that plus you know the green Kawasaki and just some of the contrasty colors. It it was sick, man. That they're uh, they're killing it with kits this year. I, I have to say, there hasn't. I don't think there's been one where I uh, didn't like you know some of the PC guys are wearing. So. Hats off to him, you know. Style is is half the half the battle here, you know, in moto. So, um, yeah, it look, looks super solid, man. I mean, it's not often where it's some, I see some gear and I'll go, you know, make a comment about it. Like, yeah, man, I'd actually I'd actually wear that this weekend. I made that comment all day watching it. So, yeah, AC made it look good too. And any gear looks good. We have a the you know number one trophy or number one play underneath it. Absolutely, yeah. And when you're holding the trophy, your gear always looks good, um, and uh, yeah, and, and certainly does uh, under uh, Adam Cien Cirillo. Um, what what are your thoughts going forward with this championship? Who's going to be the, uh, the the guy who can challenge Adam the most, and what does he need to do to do it? Oh man, that that list could be uh, could be long. I honestly think the first charge is probably going to come uh, from. Uh, from Justin Cooper. I mean, he's been stealing those first moto wins week after week. Uh, obviously, he's got the speed to win. Obviously, you know, he's on a, a championship-winning bike, championship-winning team. I think that's going to be the guy that's going to keep kind of giving him a run for his money, especially since he's such a good starter, man. Cooper is a really good starter. Um, I do think once you start getting to some of the gnarlier tracks, like a Millville, um, maybe Southwick, um you're going to start to see Ferrandez come come to life again. He's he's a specialist at those really gnarly tracks, kind of like Barsha in that regard, you know, his, his blue true uh, teammate. But uh, I think he's going to start wicking it up. And like I said before, um, you can't count out the Geico guys, man. RJ Hampshire is looking really, really good. Um, and I really like uh, um, Hunter Lawrence, man. He's 
He's just he's such a talented kid. Uh, I just think it's going to be consistency for those two. Yeah, Chase Dyson's up there. I mean, he's super, super fast. But I, I think we're going to see a little bit more of RJ and a little bit more out of uh, Hunter Lawrence. Um, but if I have to say immediate, I'm going to tag uh, I'm going to tag Justin Cooper, man. I think he's going to give him a run for his money until we hit like that East Coast swing. Yeah, no, I think uh, things things will shake up a little bit. I've been impressed with Colt Nichols. Uh, we've said it before on the podcast, uh, he's one of my favorite guys uh, to, uh, on Supercross or outdoors. He's got tons of style, looks great on the motorcycle. He's definitely got the fitness out of uh, out of Oklahoma. Uh, a little bit of a down second moto, still ended up uh, fifth overall, but uh, I think... Uh, Better days are ahead for Colt Nichols. I, I don't, I'm not, 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 not talking championship here, but definitely some podiums and motos, maybe a moto victory if you can hold on to one of those things. Um, but yeah, like um, the, the craziest thing about having so much talent in this class is that these guys are going to be stealing points from each other all season long. And I guess that, that includes uh, Adam uh, uh, AC's uh, results as well. But he seems to be the one that uh, can rise to the cream of the crop while the rest of them sort of uh, figure out who wants to be second through fifth. And that can be a huge swing. Like, say, if you're a guy who uh, is, say, you're second in points, you go out there and have a weekend where you're 5-5 you know, while Adam goes, like, 1-1 or 2-1. That's a swing of... That's damn near uh, 10 points right there, if not more. That's more. That's almost... Uh, uh, that's almost 20 points in a single weekend. Uh, and it's huge amounts of points to be giving up, uh, just for the fact that you're, uh, like the rest of the competition is just that stiff. So, um, this championship, uh, like it, it could be over quick or it could get real interesting. Uh, time will tell. As far as 450s go, uh, it's the Eli Tomac show for the most part. Uh, I know things were, were a little bit tighter than they were. I'd say, uh, Hangtown, uh, 2016 or something along those lines, but holy crap. Um, like Eli seems to uh, to be really feeling it right now. Going to go to Colorado where you know he's fast, and uh, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it's going to be a long summer uh, for the 450 class, having to uh, to look at the uh, the back end of Eli Tomac, who now has the red plate again. And um, for my money, I, I don't see him relinquishing it unless something serious happens. Uh, he's fast, he's serious, and uh, when 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 things are rolling Eli's way, especially outdoors, tough to beat. It's tough to argue with any of that, man. I mean, he's been touted as you know one of the fastest guys to to ride a motorcycle. So it's really hard to bet against that guy, um, unless, like you said, something catastrophic happens where he has one of those you know mental flops where he's he's his own worst enemy. And you know, I don't really see that happening since outdoors is his specialty. If we're going to another round of Supercross, eh, maybe you know we might be able to argue that. But motocross is his world, man. The outdoor series, it's it's his deal. He knows these tracks, um, especially like a track like Colorado, where you know he's used to the altitude and stuff like that. And, and I'm sure he spun ty- tireless, endless laps there. Um, yeah, it's really hard to bet against a guy who's the reigning champion, who's going on a three-peat, who looks this good, who's been on the same bike, who dominates these tracks. It's, it's hard to bet against him. Uh, I really think the only guys that really have something for him are, you know, Roxon or like a Mooskin. And I just, I don't see that little extra speed from those guys that Tomac seems to possess, the way he can carve out these tracks and his line choice and the way he carries speed and momentum. It's really hard to, to beat a guy who's charging that hard. So, um, you know, I don't think he's going to win every single moto. I do think he's going to have some issues here or there with some, with some fast guys. 
Um, I do think, you know, we're going to see someone like a Baggett sort of get in there and start mixing it up. And um, Osborne is no slouch. He's coming on very, very strong. So it's about, you know, three or four guys that could, you know, sneak in there, get a good start and sort of, you know, run away from, from Tomac a little bit. And uh, just about all those guys are just as fit too. So um, you, you, you now won't be fitness. If anything, it'll just be, you know, line choice and who's really willing to hang it out the most. So um, really, really tough to bet against Eli, but he's got some guys that are going to make it tough for him. It's not going to be easy. No, it will not be. And uh, uh, in one week's time, we'll be in Colorado to uh, to figure out who uh, who takes uh, the next round of the championship. It's been fun to watch. The racing has been great so far. Um, Dave, I know you're still, uh, of course, running the collective experience. Uh, if people want to uh, to connect with some of those riders that you have uh, currently under your program, how do they go do so, and uh, who are some of the guys you got going for outdoors? Um, we're really excited to bring our uh, our TCE S, uh, MX internship program um, to the outdoors. So, you know, normally it's a Supercross only program where fans can sign up to be interns for um, uh, you know a host of different riders. Um, but this is the first year we're doing it outdoors for the the avid outdoor fans. So we've got the uh, Bubba Burger Adventures FXR team of uh, Brent Rouse. Um, and we're also throwing in Stank Dog as well, Jared Steinke, uh, into that mix. So, you know, fans could sign up to be one of their interns. We're allowing two interns per round. So that's 24 different uh, chances for people to be selected. Um, even if you can only attend one race, we definitely recommend you apply at thecollectivexp.com. Send in those application forms to us. Let us know why we should pick you for which race, and we will make that announce- the announcement weekly about who our winning interns are. We also have the uh, TCE uh, fan experience where you can just kind of be a fly on the wall, be immersed in, in the fan experience, go behind the scenes, get unparalleled access, and be a real team member for the day where you're just learning from the group, learning from the teams, making solid connections, and just really enjoying yourself. Um, and again, that's all through the collectivexp.com. If anyone has any questions, feel free to DM us at the Collective EX or hit us up at contact at the collectivexp.com. Uh, it's our email address. So, Really excited to go outdoors, keep the same momentum we had for Supercross, bring that to all these amazing tracks that we have all over the country, and get fans of motocross hooked up like never before. There you go, my friend. Well, please go do that for all those who are listening. Dave, it's always a pleasure to have you on here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Uh, we are going to do a uh, Canadian National Preview Show uh, later on this week, so we're looking forward to chatting with you for that, but uh, for this evening, my friend, I know it's uh, getting, getting close to uh, almost midnight your time, so uh, I'll let you go for now, but I appreciate the time, my friend. Oh, anytime, man. You know, I'm, I'm always up to talk moto. 